thank you for this time together in worship. I want to lift up Johnny, Brian, and Josh as they go to the, the leadership conference, that they get taught and learn to be leaders in our church and teach us to grow in faith, and that we want to lift each other up tonight. Please speak through me that we may learn from you tonight. God's people said? Amen. Amen. Okay, so tonight we're going to talk about, it's called sinful blindness. We're going to continue in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 34. So let me know when everyone's there and we'll begin the study. <clears throat> There'll be a brief study. I'll go through it really quick. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 34. Exactly. <laughs> you got this. I got this. The Lord's got this. I don't got this. The Lord's you. you guys, everyone there? Okay, awesome. So let's begin. John chapter 9, verse 1. Now, as, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? Was he born blind? That he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work for the works of him who sent me. While it is day, the night is coming, when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, his disciples might be referring to Deuteronomy 7.15, and I'll quote. We don't have to go there. Um, and the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which have known you have known, but will lay them on all your enemies who hate you. So that's talking about how they associated how illness was a result of sin. If they thought about that scripture, it's actually taking it out of context. That scripture, if you read earlier in the chapter, it was as Israel was entering the, the promised land. And if the whole nation would follow the Lord, he wouldn't give him illness. It doesn't specifically die to individual people. Now, the fact of the matter is, sin, temptation, illness, what's in a natural environment in this fallen world since the Garden of Eden? You know, we live in a fallen world. Sin, is, sickness is all around us. It wasn't like that in the beginning in Adam and Eve and Jesus. Now, in the case of illness can be a result of sin, it can. We have examples of, you know, STDs um, and, you know, other things that you do that can hurt your body can result in sickness. In this case, Jesus was talking about the sickness of the man was to glorify God. Now, I have another example of a way that sickness glorifies God. Um, last Saturday, me and Angela went to a married couples conference. And the pastor and wife were talking. And it was interesting because we were noticing the wife during worship. She was full of the spirit, just joyful and happy. And they gave their testimony. And it turned out that his wife was battling cancer for several years. And they were fighting it for several years. And every time they got delivered from it. But just this last week, they found out that this time, She's not going to win that battle, that she has a year to live. Yet besides that crushing news, she was filled with the Spirit, you know, giving the testimony of God. Talk about having faith. And again, giving glory to God. 
Amen. So let's continue. Verses 6 through 12. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind, the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which translated as sent. So he went and washed and came back seen. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is this not the one who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. Then he said, I am he. Therefore they had to say to him, How are your eyes open? He answered and said, A man named Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. Now, I find it interesting that when people can be smacked in the head with a miracle, a guy born blind has sight, yet they still don't want to believe. No, it was somebody else. Let's read verses 8 through 9. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, it is, not, is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. He had to defend himself. No, I am that blind man. He spoke the truth besides the naysayers. So sometimes when you're confronted with something, you want to speak the truth. It's important. Let's reread verse. Now let's continue uh, verses 13 through 16. They brought him who formerly they brought him in who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath, and when Jesus made clay and opened his eyes, then the Pharisees who asked him asked him again, How did he receive the sight? He said to him, Heap a clay in my eyes, and they wash and I see. Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was division among them. Now, let's go back to the Sabbath. Jesus never broke the Sabbath. We're going to go to the original scripture in Exodus um, chapter 28 through 11. You don't have to go there, I'll read it for you. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath, the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor the stranger who is within your gates. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. Rested on the seventh day, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, the Sabbath was meant for fellowship, to spending time with God. God designed us to work. We were obviously very productive. But he wanted one day out of the week to spend time in worship. And what better way to worship and glorify God than to you know, show his glory through a miracle? What the Pharisees were talking about was, what the Pharisees did was that they took that one Sabbath and they added, they got added so many rules and regulations to that one scripture that it lost its original intent. Like there's like 34 different rules that you cannot do. Like you couldn't pick up a grain, of, a grain of sand. You couldn't walk a certain way. You couldn't light a fire. It got so granular that it lost the original meaning of it. 
Let's continue verses 17 through 34. They said to the blind man, again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said he is a prophet, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called his parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked him, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then can he see? His parents answered him, we know that this is your son, this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. For he is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that anyone who contested that he was Christ, they'd be put at a synagogue. Therefore his parents said to him, he is of age, ask him. So they asked again, the man who was blind and said to him, Give God glory, for we know that this man is a sinner. He answered them, Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. For one thing I know, though, I was blind and now I see. Then they said to him, How do you, um, how do you know? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already. And, he's, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? I like this part. Do you also want to be his disciples? Yeah. They reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are of Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. For this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing. Why do you not know where he is, sent, he is from? Yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. If anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears them. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you are, you are completely born of sins, and you are teaching us? And they cast him out. Exactly. So this highlights the political control the Pharisees had at the time. Remember, the Pharisees had total civil, religious, and social control of all the Jews in Judea, with exceptions to the taxes and capital punishment. Now, the Romans wanted it this way because, remember, Rome at the time controlled everything from Portugal to the Middle East to Northern Africa. What they would do is they would design to have these chieftains control the local people with local issues, and those chieftains report to a local governor who then report to Rome. It worked better for them that way. Now, let's go back to verse 17. Because as you notice how the, 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 the blind man calls him a prophet, so they try to discredit the blind man saying he wasn't really blind. Bless you. Let's read 17 again. They said to him, this man again, how do you know or what do you say about him because he, is, because he opened your eyes? He said he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called his parents. So because he called Jesus a prophet, they wouldn't discredit the blind man. Was he really a blind man from birth? And as we read, he was blind from birth. They confirmed it. Now, in verses 22, his parents were afraid 
to speak the truth because they knew that if it went against party lines, they'd be kicked out of the group or the club. Um, we'll read verses 22 now. <clears throat> 20 through 22, exactly. So I'll read 20 through 22. His parents answered them, We know that this is our son, and he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know, or her opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had the, agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Now, I find it interesting as we continue in the story in verse 24, we've already found that they tried to discredit the witness, the blind man. They couldn't do that. They confirmed he was blind from birth. So now they want the witness, which is a blind man, to discredit Jesus as a calling him a sinner. Let's read verses 24 and 25 again. <clears throat> so again they said to the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory, for we know that this man is a sinner. He answered then, Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. For one thing I know, that though I was blind, I now see. So he's saying, hey, I don't be a sinner, but guess what? I'm blind, now I can see. So he's, again, speaking the truth past the lie. Now, verses 26 through 30 is my favorite part, because think about this. Scripture says he was a blind man, a beggar, right? So we could safely assume that this person, probably not as educated in Scripture or in general as the Pharisees, yet he actually is rebuking them and talking about God, which I think is pretty powerful that he's speaking the truth on this. Let's reread verses 26 to 33. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? When they reviled at him and said, you are his disciple and we are Moses' disciples, we know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. And then the man said, answer to him, why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, and yet he has opened my eyes. And this is where he's um, talking about, you know, quoting scripture to them. He said, now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears them. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. He basically shuts down the argument and says, no, this is the truth. You're telling a lie. I'm telling you the truth. Now, we should all be so bold as to speak the truth, you know, against total lies. Now, 34 ends in the way that all bullies like to end arguments. They add personal attacks without any merit or proof. Called them a sinner, kicked them out. Let's reread 34 here. And they'd answered them, you are completely born of sins, and you are teaching to us, and they cast them out. Like, yeah, you know nothing, you're out of here. Even though he rebuked them and gave truth, they still didn't want to believe. Now, it's interesting that we find out that the man who was born blind, people associated with having sin. It wasn't of sin, it was to glorify God. The only people who were blind because of their sin were the Pharisees. 
They were blind because of their own legalistic and political motives that refused to believe the truth and that Messiah had come. Now, we should all be more like the blind man and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us, especially when confronted by those who discredit the gospel. Amen. So 